Hey, I want to talk to you. Let me talk to you real quick. Hey, come here. Come here. Come here. I'm trying to, I'm trying to tell you something. Hey, come here. Come here. Hey, just, just come here, man. Let me t- let me tell let me tell you something real quick, man. Just, just come on. Yeah. Welcome in, everyone. What a weekend. And the kid got his first shot at commentating a game. More on that later. Let's go ahead and establish I am 3-1 this week with predictions. ETSU let me down, but they are still one of the more competent teams in this conference playing so far this season, bringing me at 31-10. and 10. Is it safe to say I know SoCon football yet? I would think so. So let's just go ahead and jump into today's episode. First up, we have Wofford and Sanford going at it this week. My opinions on the Terriers have not changed. They can put up a good fight, but they aren't great. I'll give them good, but I think they're more than a series away from winning some of their close games. I think they're a consistent level of play away. Their run game was was good. It was really good. They have really good receivers. Uh, Quarterbacks didn't play terrible. They played somewhat okay. I mean, you would like to see more than 50% of those passes being completed, but no interceptions. I mean, for my statisticians out there, Wofford had 573 total yards of offense. That's huge. By all means, that's a damn good day for them that they don't usually have. They haven't had days like that uh, this season. They're one in what? One in four, one in five. They they don't have or one in four, I think. Yeah, one in four, one in five, whatever. They don't have games like this and they still lost, which is mind boggling. They, they had more total yards then offensive powerhouse Sanford. I think Sanford is ranked the best offense in the SoCon. I'm looking at the SoCon, like full, the, the leaders over the conference and, and stats and everything and passing offense. Number one, Sanford. Of course, the Seals going to have it in rushing offense. I mean, I know in Sanford is going to be it towards the bottom. They don't really run the ball. But, I mean, total offense, number one, Sanford. Total scoring offense, number one, Sanford. Best offense in, in the Southern Conference. And – Wofford had more offensive yards than them. That's that's just amazing right there. I mean, it's just a heck of a game by Wofford's offense. Now, Wofford's defense wasn't as great. Didn't do a good job stopping the run as Sanford averaged around eight yards a carry. Wofford did not show up in the in the run game. They showed up. They showed up in the passing game. And but you know, again, in the run game, pretty much a first down every time. Um, Sanford wanted to run the ball. Only one tackle for a loss all game for a yard. Now, as I was just talking about the passing game, I'll give Wofford to be in, the, in passing defense for holding Liam Welsh under 300 yards, passing in less than three touchdowns. I think that's outstanding. Uh, really good game by by their passing defense. Um, I would have loved to, to see a takeaway happen to give them an A per, type of performance. You know, I, again, I think Wofford didn't play terrible. I think they played a solid game. I think, you know, they're just they're just not consistent enough for them to win these big games. I mean, right now they're ranked number five in scoring defense, um, number seven in total defense. They're defensively they're not the same team they used to be. Let's just go ahead. We can go ahead and say that now. They're not the same team they used to be. They'll never be. They're, they'll never be that team again. Unfortunately, I just don't see that happening. I think. The glory days for Wofford is now officially behind them. Um, it, it's just too much. It's just not who they are. Okay, let's just we're just going to leave that at that, and we're going to switch gears now to Sanford. All right, Sanford, very underwhelming performance. I mean, it was just so underwhelming. I expected Sanford to dominate the Terriers on offense. No reason why Sanford shouldn't have had 
a 300-plus passing game and over 500 total yards of offense. There's just no reason why they shouldn't have done that. I mean, if Furman can put up 42 points, why can't Sanford put up 60? I, I don't think Wofford's defense is, is that good. I don't think they're better than an ETSU defense that Sanford saw. I, I don't think they're better than a Mercer defense that Sanford saw. So, I mean, I, I just don't understand. I think it should have been a better game by by the Bulldogs in, on offense. I mean, I don't know. But, you know, I'm happy to see the run game making a, a, a bigger appearance uh, with 187 yards. I think they averaged about seven or eight yards a carry in the run game because they only ran the ball like 24 times, something like that. So they, they had a really good day running the ball. Um, and Liam, he, again, he threw for 250, as I mentioned earlier. But, I mean, hey. You have those games, and I, I'm just shocked that Wofford played them that well for, for that to happen. So, um, again, kudos to that Wofford defense for holding Liam Welsh to, to 250 yards passing. Um, let's talk about Sanford's defense really quick. I, I think – they're actually, I don't even think they are the worst defense in the SOCON. Hands down, the absolute worst defense in the SOCON. I don't care how many All-Americans they have. They have the worst defense in the in the conference just terrible I mean no literally you can look this up right now you can look up scoring defense Sanford's at number eight you can look up total defense Sanford is at number nine you can look at rushing defense Sanford is at number nine you can look at passing defense Sanford is at number nine this is just not a not a good defense and you can't be a championship team with a, a with a terrible defense you can't have that you can have a great offense but you just you can't have a terrible defense. I mean, you could probably give them if you were to give Sanford Wofford's defense, Mercer's defense, ETSU's defense. I mean, any, anybody in that top from from seven and up, easily SoCon contender, easily SoCon championship team, easily, easily best team in the SoCon. They had a a top seven or higher defense, easily, easily. I mean, it just makes no sense. How do you have so many great weapons on offense and then just defensively you just it's just that bad? I don't I don't get it. <sighs> I'm sorry, I just had to go in a rant for that. It just really irks me to see that. I mean, you just you hate to see stuff like that. And you know, honestly, I hate to say it like that, but I mean, gosh O'Malley, the final score was twenty seven to twenty four. I mean, it just again, just kind of a little bit of an underwhelming performance by Sanford. I, I didn't think that was a really good game by them. Kudos to Wofford for fighting as hard as they did. Um, again, you guys are just a consistent play away, you know, consistent game away from from getting your first conference win. And who would have thought Wofford would be really at the bottom of the conference? I would have never thought I'd see the day. Oh, wait, I called that kind of. Oh, wait, I did. Actually, I did call it. Ooh, hmm. I know. Give me my flowers later. ETSU and UTC, I'm a little disappointed, but I expected a tight game in the first place. But I had picked... ETSU to win that game before the season started. Unfortunately, that did not happen. The first seven points came from the mocks at the beginning of the second quarter, and that was the only amount of points scored in the first half. Looking at the stats from the offensive side of the ball for the mocks, Cole Copeland, 82 yards on 14 attempts, and the turnover. Less than stellar performance per usual. Run game was excellent with 235 yards on the ground. I think it'll be interesting to see how their run game will fare against the Paladins when that game comes around, which will be the week after uh, this ETSU game this weekend. Um, ETSU, I'm not shocked or doubtful of how good you guys are. I think you're hands down going to be a conference winner in some shape or form, whether you drop a game to Furman Saturday or not. I'm impressed that at least 
one of those monster running backs found a way to get 100 plus yards on the ground. Jacob Sailors, kudos to you for toning the rock. I mean, dude, you're 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 a heck of a running back. I mean, you you've established yourself as easily in that top four conversation. Now there wasn't a top four conversation to begin with. There was easily a top three conversation. You have definitely put yourself in a top four conversation for best running back in a conference. And heck, your teammate is already in that conversation. That's that's remarkable. Congratulations to you for for balling out the way you did. Um, Quay Holmes didn't get to go off like he usually would with only 65 yards on the ground, but still a heck of a game on the ground. I mean, they they ran the ball somewhat well. All right, my guy Tyler Rydell, let me just say this to you. I hope Coach Sanders continues to allow you to throw about 30 times a game. I think that's good for you. I really do. Um, I'm not saying that despite anything. I'm just saying I think you should be be, be throwing about 30, 30 times a game. You know, yes, not the best day accuracy-wise in my eyes. I personally like my quarterbacks completing 65 to 68% of their passes. You completed 58% of those passes, 182 yards and a touchdown and an interception. But I think you're more than capable of playing really good at quarterback. Before the season started, I was thinking, oh, he's a game manager type of quarterback. You know, they they have nothing there at that position. And then here you are, you have 200 30, 40, 60, 70 plus yard passing games. You have a 300 some yard passing game against Sanford. That was an offensive shootout. I have more than enough faith that you can be a really, really good quarterback in this conference. You have, you're, you've been acknowledged as a really good quarterback. I, I will say that. So I'm hoping Coach Sanders, I hope he continues to let you throw the rock. I think it's good for y'all's offense to be able to do that. Now, Saturday will be the ultimate test for for you and your you know ETSU's offense. Furman has the best defense in the SoCon. I 100% believe that. I think ETSU has the more consistent offense in the conference. And I think when you look at total offense right now, ETSU is number two in total offense. One of the best teams in you know running the football. Um, but yeah, so total offense, ETSU is at two. Scoring offense, ETSU is at two. So, I mean, you guys have offensive firepower. Y'all, y'all do. I mean, you really do. Um, so, anything's possible, you know. And statistically, Furman should not win this game. I hate to say that, but statistically, Furman should not win the game. But with football, you know, it, it's so unpredictable. And the argument I, I love making when it comes to, like, picking games and stuff is that stats kill opinions. It's just, but this is just so unpredictable because you just never know what's going to happen, especially with Furminate. Because, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to jump ahead. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, jump, I don't want to get ahead of myself here. I really don't. So, I, you know, it, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say my last thought about ETSU. I think that this game Saturday is going to be a really good game. Um, I. I'm expecting the fired up bunch to, to show up this Saturday from ETSU. I think they know what they, what's at stake, um, and I, I think it's going to be a really good football game. I mean, that's all I'm gonna say regarding them in that game. Um, Chattanooga, their defense has been playing pretty good um, so far in scoring defense. They're number two. They're right behind Furman. They're the second best defense in this conference. Um, total offense, Chattanooga's number three. So I mean. I mean, they're doing something. I I think they don't have a quarterback, though. I don't think Cole Copeland is the answer. I think hopefully they recruited a quarterback because, you know, that, that I think that was what's going to edge them to be the better team in this conference. But neither here nor there. All right, this game was a shocker to me, not because 
Mercer lost because I had Mercer losing this game, but I wasn't expecting VMI to come out the way they did. I mean, don't get me wrong. Both quarterbacks played abysmal. It was just really bad quarterback play. However, VMI showed up and showed out. Fred Payne throws a pick six to start the game. Then VMI just pounds the rock down the bear's throat. Oh, my goodness. It was just so vulgar and so disgusting watching the the key that's just beat up on the Bears. I mean, it, it was just an interesting sight to see. It made, it made VMI look dominant for once this season. Like, it looked like the spring team that we saw earlier this year. Like, they, they, it looked like them for, you know, for a game. I mean, the final score was 45-7. to seven. Mercer's been playing good all season. So just a huge congratulations to that VMI defense for playing the way they've been the, the way they did. I mean, wow, really good game plan by the defensive coordinator. I mean, I just wow. And I gotta elaborate again on the run game that the key that's displayed. Corey Britty, he didn't even play. He didn't even play that game. He didn't he didn't play. He didn't play. And he still had over over 300 yards rushing. That's insane. You would have thought the Kedas were the triple option wing T team instead of Mercer. I it, it's just insane. Like Mercer was held to a total of 23 yards rushing all game. That's insane. It's an outstanding game by by VMI. I'm, I'm really impressed. I like the VMI team that plays Saturday. I hope they stick around more often. I hope they I hope they join the party. All right, finally. Firming against the Citadel for the state championship. Also, as I mentioned last week, I was going to color commentate that game, and I think it went pretty well. I'll get another opportunity this weekend when the Bucks stroll in the Paladin Stadium for that game, and I'll talk a little bit about that game once I'm done um, kind of recapping this game. All right, here we go. Back to the game. Devin Wynn did not play. That's first and foremost. He did not play this game. He was a game-time decision, I, and I think it was for the best. Keep your best player healthy. I mean, he, he right now, Furman is in a position where they can still win the conference, and you want to make sure Devin Wynn is as healthy as possible by the time. Let's say if you have a SoCon, the SoCon championship game against somebody, maybe down the line, you got to win out. You want to make sure Devin Wynn is healthy by the, by that time. You you just want him to be healthy because he just his physicality brings another element to to the offense. And I mean, just golly, I man, just wow. But he didn't play. All right. The Palace started the game a little shaky. Jace Wilson never got comfortable during the game. Um, he was he was hit hard. He got he got sat got blind got hit on his blind side. Um, I think like the second or third no the second play of the game he got sacked. So I mean it is just kind of you know he just never got comfortable and it showed in the passing game. The passing game only existed for like one series. Never showed up again. However, the run game was tremendous. Dominic Roberto, wow man. As a, as a as your former teammate, man, that was just a beautiful game to watch. You just completely just go off. And he just showed up in a major way, running through defenders, having some big runs. You, you name it. That ninety yard run that he had on the outside zone, I thought he was going to get caught. I really did. I, I I really did. I thought he was. I didn't think he was going to make it, but he did. He did it. And the Paladin defense played great. I I think they played pretty well. I could tell they were getting worn down as the game was going on. The Citadel possessed the ball for 38 minutes to firmest 22 minutes. Offensively, the Palace played a great, played great, in, you know, against the run, against the Citadel run game. Excuse me. A lot of the missed third down conversions um, that came from the Palace on offense, I think that stemmed from the passing games. They went three for 13 on third down, which is way below from what they aim to be. They want to at least be 60% or higher. 
Um, obviously, they did not get anywhere close to that. So now with that being said, how will how how just saying how well their running game did, the Palace officially have the worst offense statistically in the conference. They they have the worst offense. Total offense, they're number nine. Scoring offense, they're number eight, right in front of Wofford. They really don't have they don't have they don't have a great offense right now. According to stats, I think they have a really good offensive line. I think they have really good running backs. They have great receivers. And so the you you know where I'm getting at, where the position is at its weakest right now, and everybody knows it is at quarterback. So, how do we? How do you fix this? How, how do you fix this problem? Okay, how do you fix this problem? You you find ways to throw the ball a little bit more effectively. You get Jace or Hamp, whoever starts, because um, Hamp came in for uh, Jace about like a quarter left. But I think Jace is still going to end up starting on Saturday. But you 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 figure out a way to get both of them comfortable. You get them going. Get them start. Get them a little bit hot. Give them some easy throws. You know, I know Coach Quarles knows what he's doing. I just, you know, I I think Jace really got shaken up after that sack. I think that's what really got him shaken up. He just never got comfortable, and it's hard. It's hard for freshman quarterbacks to do that. You know, he kind of played a little bit like a freshman that game. That's okay. That happens. I still think he is the future for for the Paladin offense. I really do. So, you know, I'd love to see him get comfortable. I'd love to see him ball out. I know that offense is capable of being really, really good. They have the potential to be really, really good. But what is potential if you don't show it? So that's kind of just where everything is at with them. <sighs> but, again, you know, I think build just builds Jason's confidence back up in the game, and then sooner or later you let him throw some deep shots. I want to see him be able to throw the deep ball. That's what I really want to see. That I, I'm looking forward to seeing Jace Wilson throw a deep ball. Him or him, sis. I just want to see somebody throw a deep ball. I mean, you got the receivers to go do it. I just I just really want to see it. All right. And to conclude my rant on their on the offense, they have to play really good in all facets of offense to beat ETSU. It's not going to be just enough in a run game. I don't think it's it's not going to be that kind of game. Um, defense played well, holding the Citadel to under 300 yards rushing, but I'm sure there's some coverage things that the Pounds wish they could have back by giving up out routes. There's little things. Heck of a play by Travis Blackshear getting an interception because of Michael Robinson and Elijah McCoy for disrupting a pitch and causing a fumble. Oh, man, I was, it was a really good defensive play. I was really glad by what I saw. Bryce McCormick went crazy out there. Man, he played he played balls to the wall. It was a really, really good game by him. Now for the Citadel. Honestly, I, y'all, y'all were more than capable of winning that game. You almost had 400 total yards of offense. You just, offensively, y'all just couldn't. Y'all couldn't finish drives. All that time having the ball, and that's all the show for it. 90 total plays. It's just despicable. You know, however, you know, I'll, I'll say this. You left six points out because of two missed field goals. So that would have cut the game down to 24 to 20. Okay. And then you, I, I will say you got cheated out of two calls. I think two calls really kind of cheated you. I personally thought it was targeting. In the, and then I didn't like the, the call about blocking the corner out of bounds. I didn't like that call. I thought it was a, that was a soft call. But, hey, at the end of the day, I am a Paladin fan, and I will end this podcast with the words of Brent Thompson that he gave to John Brush for WCIV in Charleston. But before I let you guys go, I did say I was going to talk a little bit about um, the ETSU and Furman matchup. I think this is going to be a really big game that decides where both teams will end up by the time the season is over. 
who whoever has a better game just offensively because I think both defenses are going to play play well. Um, whoever has the the best game offensively is going to win the game. That's I think that's what it's going to come down to. And if Furman wants to win that game, they got to get their passing game more involved. If ETSU wants to win that game. They just gotta they gotta play consistent. That's all they gotta do. They just gotta keep playing consistently. So I mean, it, it can go either way. Um, but hey, the game will be aired on ESPN Plus at two p.m. on Saturday. So tune in. It's going to be a great game. Uh, it's homecoming for Furman, so it's it should be a really fun game to experience. And if you're around that Greenville area, come out, watch the game, enjoy it, bring your family. It's going to be a good one. So stay tuned for these words of Brent Thompson, and uh, you guys have a great rest of the day. Bye. 30 yards and they got two penalties for 10 yards all right that's the game right there that's the story right there that's all there is to it. about six plays right every single statistical category we win but you know what you can't play that poorly and expect to win did you get an explanation for the penalty on the reverse yeah we blocked them too far i didn't know it was a penalty anymore but apparently it is this game has gone so damn soft that we can't even freaking play the game anymore Bucking guy, out of, out of bounds. Okay. Did he put him into the cooler? That's a penalty. So. Next question.